This is the Jeff Merrick Show on the Sportsnet Radio Network. Uh, okay, so welcome officially to the program now. Now that we've got that out of the way, we're, uh, we're standing by for Elliot having a communications issue right now, trying to get in touch with him. We're actually exchanging texts right now, <laughs> trying to get him on board. So we'll get Fridge on board here in a couple of moments. Uh, a couple of things from around last night, and it may be frivolous, but damn it, I'm going to do it again. <sighs> Minnesota Wild look awesome last night. Like, not on the ice. I know they whipped the Winnipeg Jets 6-1. to one, So, yes, I guess on the ice they look great, and Matthew Boldy was fantastic. But just that color combination. Like, I know you've heard me, and you're probably rolling your eyes saying, oh, here he goes talking about green again in the NHL. But how you can look at the Minnesota Wild last night and not say, can we not make those the primary uniforms for the Minnesota Wild? And and if you can find me a nicer-looking kit than the one that we saw last night with Philip Gustafson, who just looked beautiful. I don't know what a better look is in the NHL. And I know here come the tweets with, uh, well, our goaltender looks bad, better in his kit. And all. I get it, and there's some gorgeous ones. But Philip Gustafson, 32 with your Minnesota Wild, looked fantastic. Uh, a big night for the Vancouver Canucks uh, as they defeat the Colorado Avalanche. We're going to get to a lot of these things. We're going to get to Boston and, and Florida, and we'll have a conversation about Matthew Kachuk over the next couple of hours as well. Uh, Thomas Hickey, by the way, will talk to us about the Islanders um, as they shut out the Oilers. And a really interesting stat about Ilya Sorokin as well. Sorokin is fascinating. So Ilya Sorokin, 50 saves last night, by the way. Ilya Sorokin in his NHL career, okay, has a shutout in 14% of the games that he's played. Is that not like the stunner of all? He's had 87 starts, 12 shutouts. That is spectacular. As we bring on Elliot Friedman from 32 Thoughts and Hockey Night in Canada. Hello, Fried. How are you? Good, Jeff. Uh, you know, the other thing about Sorokin is uh, someone was, this is unverified, so let's just throw it out there to see if it's actually true or not. But mm-hmm. uh, someone actually said tonight in terms, or yet today, that in terms of expected goals yesterday in the Edmonton game, Sorokin's uh, shutout yeah. was one of the best in recent memory. That uh, in terms of how I many Edmonton it. was expected to score and and the fact they got nothing, yeah. they said it was they said it was one of the best. He was spectacular, and you know we talked at the beginning of the season like who's going to be the next Shosturkin, the goaltender to to pop to get on everybody's radar. Even though he was really already there for those that were in the know, the goalie community. And Sorokin is really distinguishing himself uh, this season. Um, a couple of things here, and I want to go over a couple of the trades that we saw yesterday. But really quick, I was making this point before you came on that I can understand, understand fans being really upset. You know, the Siegenthaler shot, Tatar hits Murray, and then the Hall yeah. kicks the goal in. So they've had three goals called back. I can understand New Jersey fans being hot. The one thing that I can't understand is how the officials didn't throw, as we call it, the dog at the New Jersey Devils, the delay of game. Like, if there ever was a situation where you want to call the dog to make sure that there's, you know, no other fans think you can get away with this with just a warning, wasn't it at that moment where you say, you know what, Devils, you have the delay of game penalty right now because of your fans? Or on sportsmanlike conduct or something like that. Um, something like that. I just... 
I, I actually wondered when they didn't call it, I wondered if they kind of sympathized on some level saying, yeah, yeah, we agree with these calls. Like, I, like you could make a, I mean, you could make a very strong case that all three of those calls were the right call, but that doesn't mean when you're sitting there in an arena, you want to concede that. And I wouldn't be surprised that there will be reminders uh, about that sent out that, uh, that won't be tolerated. I actually just wondered if on some level the officials sympathized with the Devils fans because they had three goals turned over. <laughs> really, I mean, that was the only explanation that I could think about it. Yeah, I mean, I, I looked at it too and I said, okay, so they're just getting the warning. There's no delay game or whatever call they're going to give them. You know, we've heard about and we've talked plenty about, you know, the the battle between just call the rule book versus game management. I don't think that was yeah. game management. Maybe it was more of a case of fan management because, you know, I thought about this afterwards. If at the end of the hall or review, and that's NHLs, that's not the officials. If at the end of that one, not only are the Devils fans denied a goal, but also now they're shorthanded, that place would have erupted. And this is a team that's looking to extend their 13-game winning streak and all the momentum and how it's, you know, that this team has, you know, galvanized the hockey community once again there. I wonder if that's just the officials saying, you know what, we need to manage the fans here because if we throw a delay game at the Devils, this place is going to explode. Yeah, I, I, I could see it. Like, Jeff, it, it had to be something like that. It was either managing the crowd, like we're making a judgment call that we're not making this call, or it was, yeah, we get it. Even though we think the calls are right, three disallowed goals in one game, it's a piss-off, and we're going to let them vent a little yeah. bit. I, I, you know, I, like, they're probably – the other thing, too, is, I mean, aside from Halla, who said he got hit by a chicken finger, like, nobody got hit, right? And I, I think as far as we uh, know – Did, Mar- did and, Marner get hit? Did Marner, did Marner uh, get hit? I didn't I see Marner that one. I Marner gotten hit. If he got well, okay. then that's different. I didn't. I didn't see that one. I mean, I mean, if, if someone gets hit and cut, you've got no choice. It could also be a situation where um, they just didn't think anything that bad happened. But I, I do, like Jeff. It's yeah. impossible not to look at that and say some level of game management didn't happen. It was either we feel bad because it's three disallowed goals, we're going to let them vent, or as you said, we don't want to give yeah. them a penalty and the building goes even crazier. Whatever it was, they they chose not to do it. You know, I was kind of surprised as well, and this goes to, you know, if I'm the Players Association, anyone from the PA, and I'm watching this, I'm I'm saying, hold on a second here. There's beer and soda and who knows what all over the ice. I understand they come out with the scrapers and the shovels and all that and make it as as good as as possible. I was expecting that they they would come out and flood it again. I thought that there would be an even longer delay. They'd have to come out and flood. No yeah, I way, Merrick. You're nuts yeah, to think that. Yeah. Remember when we had the dry scrapes before <laughs> the shootouts and Batman saw people walking out of yeah. Madison Square Garden and said, this is over. There's not a chance they were doing but that's di- But that's different. But that's different because, you know, the, 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 dry, the dry scrapes, like the thing about the, the, thing about the, the, thing about the flood is, is it adds time. It, it adds time, so you didn't want that during the shootout, and the dry scrapes are still leaving bumps on the ice, and it's still not consistent. I think that's. I think those are those are chalk and cheese arguments. No, but not. I really wonder it's not. if some of the it's if some fine. of the players would say, you know what, let's flood it, let's flood it. 
Maybe maybe they would. I, I but what what does the league always worry about? They don't want people leaving games. They want games to be as tight as possible. It's it wasn't happening. That's American nerd argument about that's going player, nowhere. No, no, no. No, what it is is a players association players safety argument is what it is. We don't want our yeah, our athletes skating on that. Yeah, I mean I get it. I just I, I would be surprised that it would happen. It didn't, uh, but a couple of things did. Uh, a couple of trades before I get to some of the games last night and some of the issues coming out of them. And by the way, happy Thanksgiving to our neighbors stateside, uh, yes. as always. Um, no games on the board uh, tonight around the NHL um, as our neighbors in the United States celebrates. Uh, please eat well. Um, Connor Timmins goes for Curtis Douglas, Ryan Reeves for the Minnesota Wild as well. Let's start with the new Toronto Maple Leaf defenseman. Uh, you've talked about it going back to, uh, geez, what was it? The, was it Saturday? The first time you mentioned yeah, last Connor Timmins' yeah. name. Yeah. So Connor Timmins becomes a, a member of the Toronto Maple Leafs. He leaves the Arizona Coyotes. Curtis Douglas, the, uh, the six foot nine center. Uh, goes mm-hmm. to the Arizona Coyotes. Your thoughts on this one? Although we've already given this plenty of airtime, speculating uh, that it might happen, and yesterday it happened. Yeah, I, I don't think it was a huge surprise to anybody who was paying attention. Maybe, um, you know, I, I look, Timmons was available. He was on a conditioning stint that ended yesterday. Um, you know, the Coyotes made it very clear that they didn't think he was going to clear waivers, and they just – and. I think the other thing, too, is they probably did the player a bit of a favor in the sense that I think you wanted to come to Toronto. Toronto had an opening because of all the injuries. It's not a big number that yeah. fools around with your cap space. Uh, as you've mentioned, his family's from the area. I think, and the Maple Leafs, you know, it was funny. I was watching the show last night with um, Carolyn and Anthony and Sam and, J- and Justin, and the, that board comes up of all the Maple Leafs with the, with the Sault Ste. Marie tie-ins and you know jeff it's it's not a conspiracy theory if it's true like that's that's the way i look at it so i i think you know i think the coyotes did timmons a little bit of a favor here no question about that you know and he's gonna get a chance to play they're they're shorthanded um you know nobody doubts his talent he's just got to stay healthy and, and he's gonna get a chance you know douglas is an interesting one the center that they traded at the beginning of the year, like he had a good year last year, and Toronto was really yeah. hopeful, maybe that he wouldn't make the team, but he'd at least push. That this training camp this year, he would be noticeable, and he'd be he'd put himself on the radar. And I just heard they felt, mm-hmm. even before this trade, I heard they felt that he didn't have a great camp, and that they were disappointed, and mm-hmm. he didn't make the impact that they hoped. And hopefully that this is a change of scenery for him, that gives him an opportunity to do something that he wasn't able to do here. So we'll see. We wish uh, him the best in Arizona and Timmons the best in Toronto. Ryan Reeves, who had been scratched in eight of the Rangers' last nine games, uh, having mm-hmm. a hard time getting in the lineup, and we know the Rangers want a little more cap flexibility right now. Uh, he goes to the Minnesota Wild in exchange for a fifth-round pick. Um, and now Marcus Foligno doesn't have to worry about Ryan Reeves anymore. Yeah. Uh, your thoughts on the Reeves trade? I saw that picture all over the internet again yesterday. It was uh, people, uh, they don't forget, that's yeah. for sure. Well, I, I think you said the key thing there for the Rangers. You know, the Rangers are not an LTIR. They've, they've really kept a, a tight 
Um, they've, they've walked the tightrope really well. Uh, they've got a really good AGM there, Ryan Martin. And uh, they, they really have walked the tightrope well. And now I was looking at, you know, the websites that you always check, Cap Friendly, Puckpedia, and they're, they're probably, if this stays the way it is, they're going to have about $6.5 in in cap room at the deadline. Now, first of all, this never stays the way it, do, it is. Every, something always happens. But yeah. at least they're, they're, in, they're in position uh, for that, and that's big for the Rangers. Number two, uh, I believe that Reeves asked for a trade. Uh, they're, they're out in the West Coast right now. They lost Nanaheim last night. I think somewhere out there, um, he, he said, look, if I'm not going to play, can you please uh, try and move me? And they did. And the thing about Minnesota is a couple things about the Wild. Number one, Bill Guerin, he was looking for uh, forwards. Um, I think that mm-hmm. he doesn't want term. You know, Reeves is only signed for this year. Uh, I, I understand that Guerin has told teams he's not interested in term unless it's an absolute game-changing player because of his cap situation. But I think the other thing is Guerin was looking at two possibilities. Number one, he was looking for someone with edge, but he was also looking for someone who could score. And so he's definitely got the guy with edge right now, and I still think he's going to be out there looking for someone who can score. Uh, yes. So mini games get, uh, that much, uh, that much spicier and, you know, right away, even though, you know, Reeves didn't play last night from Minnesota, uh, they really had their way with the Winnipeg Jets. Matthew Boldy looked fantastic. Philip Gustafson yeah. was, uh, really solid. I mean, I've, I've gone on over and over again. You're probably bored hearing it of how much I love those. Uh, I love those unis. I wish Minnesota would, would wear those every night. They just look gorgeous. And <laughs> Gustafson's whole kit, like the blocker catcher pads, like he looked like mint chip ice cream, man. He would looked fantastic uh, in that game. Um, a couple of other things from last well, night. Who doesn't, who doesn't um, like mint chip ice cream? That's what I'm saying, Elliot Friedman. What's uh, you know, how, how do you what, what kind of human being are you if you don't like mention ice cream? Um, okay, so a couple of things last night. We you know we, we mentioned you know the uh, although we want to circle back to New Jersey here because we didn't really talk about the big story uh, because everything whether it's you know the three disallowed goals or the you know the pelting of the ice. Um, the New Jersey Devils' 13 game winning streak is now yeah. over. Uh, they've done themselves a world of good here in the month of November. Um, the Maple Leafs, you know, sort of cruise along with this one and kind of hang on for that win. Uh, your thoughts on on what the what what we just saw from the New Jersey Devils? I mean, we made a lot about Fire Lindy and everybody had fun with Sorry Lindy, and you know, in 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 the middle of all of this, players distinguish themselves, teams distinguish themselves. Um, it'll be very curious to see who gets credit for all of this and, and what we just saw yeah. this 13 game winning streak that you know probably you know pushed the New Jersey Devils into the playoffs here and in a, in, a, in an yeah. early month in the season um, how do you see the 13 win- game winning streak that we just saw from New Jersey well I, I, I you know I, I wasn't expecting to go uh, 78 no I have to say I, I, I think that's a little bit I unrealistic uh, <laughs> but the pool I was. I, I know you, and, and that's the worst thing about it is that, that you have the lease too, and so you get an extra couple of days with it. Yeah, um, you know, I, I I I can't wait to see how you're going to lose this year. It's going to be so awesome. Um, you know, look, I, I think look, I think they're a really good team. I I I think that it was funny. I was having a conversation. I'm going to write about this a bit later today. 
I, I was having a conversation with someone last year, a player in the league, about the Stanley Cup final. And he said, if you look at the defense, uh, if you look at the defense of Colorado and you look at the defense of uh, uh, Tampa, it's long. Uh, I think the smallest yeah. person who played defense in the, in, the, in the Stanley Cup final last year is McCarr, who's listed at 5'11", 187. And, you know, this is the thing. There's always this, this debate about how much size matters. And I think in the NHL, it really used to matter because you used to kill each other. But what this player told me now is where size matters is if it's mobile. And he said, getting through Colorado and getting through Tampa, it's like you, you, you get around an arm or a stick, and there's another arm or stick there because they know how to play, and they're all long. And he said, that's the way to be a successful defensive team now is that you have to run a gauntlet to score. And the thing about New Jersey, and he's, he talked about them a little bit, he said they're better at playing gaps than they used to be. They used to be really holy, like you could find holes in there. And what he talked about now is if you look at their D, they're all long. And he, he said that that is what, like, first of all, they, they, keep the, they have the puck so much, that's the best defense. But he said the second best defense is that they've improved their spacing and that when you're trying to score against them, it's, it's, it, he said he compared it to Colorado and Tampa at times. You know, it's, it, there's always an arm or a stick or a body in your way. And he said now they've got to mm-hmm. prove they can still do that consistently. But he said the base of it is there. The mm-hmm. base of it is there. And, and the thing is, if and that's the way they're going to defend, they're going to be a problem. You can't, I mean, there's two things you got to do to win in this league that isn't goaltending. Number one is you got to be able to score, mm-hmm. and number two is you got to be able to check. And the thing that New Jersey has shown early in this year is they can do both of those things. I got to say too, yeah. Jeff, you know, that the, was um, a great game. That was yeah. a great game last night. Just a great, great hockey yeah. game. Great hockey game. Uh, it really was. And, you know, over the course of these um, these 13 wins, like a few things, um, you know, Nico Heischer, um, you know, sort of, I think, reintroduced himself. He's had the injury woes, really reintroduced himself uh, to casual hockey fans. Jesper Bratt yeah. looks like he's just going to get the monster of all deals. Um, yeah. You know, Vitek Vanacek played really well. Akira Schmidt in, in relief. Uh, Dougie Hamilton really good. But there was one, there was one game and one player that to me pulled off sing and listen Jack Hughes as well like you talk about elite level skill um but there was one player one game one circumstance for all three periods that to me in all those 13 games was the best that mm-hmm. I saw of the New Jersey Devils and that is how mm-hmm. John Marino was able to handle Connor McDavid and mm-hmm. it's just and it's just what you talked about. It's just like the the mobility to handle Connor, uh, watching gap, like all of it. And through all of this, you know, John Marino started to really you know pop more and distinguish himself and and get headlines. And to me, that that New Jersey Edmonton game and what John Marino was able to do every time McDavid was on the ice. To me, if I look for like one signature performance in that entire thirteen win stretch, it's Marino mm-hmm. on McDavid Fridge. Yeah, I, I think that's a I think that's a great call. I mean, I, I tend to think about Schmid uh, in Ottawa, the overtime, because by every rights they oh, should yeah. have lost, they should have lost that game. Yep. 
But I, I, I mean, I can't argue with Marino against McDavid. Like, <laughs> I mean, I, I love to argue with you and tell you your takes are terrible. I can't argue with that one. I'll tell you. Know, the other uh, thing okay, let's you... you mentioned. You mentioned Brad. Uh, I think it was James Nicholas of the fourth yep. period who mentioned that there was a conversation. I, I do think that's going to be New Jersey's first priority to see if they can get Brad time. And I, I agree with you. I think that's going to. It's going to be a challenge. It's going to be a tough negotiation. But I do think that's New Jersey's first order of business to try to see if they can knock that down. Remember, he can't officially sign an extension until January 1st. Yeah. Correct. Um, Vancouver over Colorado 4-3. to three. Uh, In the mm-hmm. process, Bo Horvat scores another goal. That's his 16th of the season. Ethan Bear um, with the game winner. Um, there was a you know, goal called back, etc. The, the Connor Garland situation. Yeah, I, was I, I back wasn't last night. crazy about that one. Yeah, I know you hate that. You you hate that one, and I I, I looked at that one like the 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 on ice angle. Yeah, makes it look like maybe there's a case, but the overhead angle, you say to yourself, "What the heck? How do you how do you make that call?" Anyhow, it's for another conversation. You know, um, well, you know what, Jeff? Here it is because. Like the one about a, with a Vander Kane in Chicago, right? Like that—that's the only part yes. of this, the uh, this whole goal t- goaltender interference rule that makes me crazy. It's the it's the how much time is enough to reset issue, because I, I, I like the the when when the Vander Kane one didn't count. Yeah, I was like, how could that one? Like you know, it was just like that, like. It's it's just I guess it's it's consistent, like I guess, but like I just wonder like how long is enough? Like that's that that's just the one that just makes me a little bit crazy. Okay, so here's how I look at it: if you and I were both officiating, you and I were both mm-hmm. referees in the NHL, what is a hold to you might not be a hold to me. What might be a hook to me might not be a hook to you. And when they expanded video review to include offsides and goalie interference, I think a lot of people thought it would be as open and shut or as easy to judge as an offside, goalie interference that way. But I think the thing that has become more and more obvious as this has worn on, and we saw plenty of it last night, is that people need to get comfortable with the idea that every goalie interference call is going to be different because it's still an interpretation. This isn't yeah. like offside. This still isn't puck before a player. This is still someone interpreting whether goalie had enough time to reset. Uh, was the contact incidental outside of the crease? Was it deliberate? Did it you know, keep the goaltender from getting back to position? This is all still going to be interpretation, regardless if it goes to review or not free. This is not open and shut, cut and dry, black and white, like like the offside challenge at all. I think that's something yeah. we all have to, if we haven't already, just get settled with because it's going to, you're dealing yeah. with human beings and every human being sees every infraction differently. I agree. I agree. So, having said that, at the end of it, Vancouver beats the Colorado Avalanche by a score of 4-3. to three. Ethan Bear with the heroics. And in the process, the quiet superstar, Miko Rantanen, scores another two goals, his 12th and his 13th. How did you see this game? Well, I, I think the, the quiet superstar of the night should probably be Patterson. I, I, thought, he was, I mm. thought he was really good. And, you know, that, yeah. that's a big one for Vancouver because 
we've seen the Canucks fold in a lot of these games, right? And they and they had every excuse to fold in that one, and they didn't. I, I thought that was that was really huge. Um, I, I thought Pedersen was, um, you know, like Pedersen reminds me a lot of Sundin, just in the sense that sometimes we mistake the lack of emotion for lack of will to win. I think it's an absolutely horrible thing that people do sometimes. But just because people aren't like Mark Messier doesn't mean that they don't really care. And uh, Pedersen doesn't show a lot of emotion, but uh, but I think he's really driven. And he he showed that game. Um, he showed that last night. I like he he was competitive. He he recognized that that was a game where he could make a difference and, and allow the Canucks to win. And he did that. I, I thought he was excellent. I I have to say too. I. I think that the whole thing right now, too, with with um, with with Martin in goal for the Canucks, um, mm. you know, he, he's a battler. Like like nothing, nothing has come easy to that guy, and he's a real battler. And you know, the Canucks have a have to figure out what's going on with Demko here. And sometimes the best thing that can happen to you is your other guy gets hot so that Demko can just practice and and find out what's going on there. And, look, the Canucks are unlikely to make the playoffs, but I think what Martin has done is he's allowed, he's allowed them to buy a bit of time for Demko and figure out what's going on here. But I think that guy deserves a lot of credit because all you want from your goalie is to know, especially a guy like uh, Martin who's your backup, is just go in there and battle. And that guy has proven he will very clearly do that. Mentioned off the top before here before we let you go here that it's uh, it's U.S. Thanksgiving and this is I know you do yours a little bit earlier generally thought of as a demarcation point you're in or you're out um, yes. by U.S. Thanksgiving and I think of one team here specifically and that's the Ottawa Senators. Um, oh boy, uh, again it's another you know it's a difficult. It's a difficult night for the Ottawa Senators. Uh, I don't like what I see trending at the end of these games, yeah. but they lose to one of the best teams in the NHL. No shame there, the Vegas Golden Knights, and beating Vegas at home is a big challenge. 4-1 to one is the final score. Um, it's U.S. Thanksgiving, and they're last in the East. Anaheim is last in the West. Connor Bedard's yeah. on this road trip. A lot of teams are following him right now. Yeah. Ottawa, Ottawa Senators, I know we bang it all the time, but is it time that Ottawa starts turning this season into next season? Well, I, I think the math dictates nothing less, Jeff. There's, there's really no other choice. Um, you know, I, I would be very curious um, that Ottawa hasn't done anything. If there's a trade that they didn't make, that we look back in two or three years and say, thank God they didn't do that. That's that's the number one thing point. I think of right now. That's a good point. Is is what has been on his table that he said no to. And I would be I would be very very curious to know that. Look, like the math just says this isn't going to be your year, and what you've got to do is yeah. like you know I I thought they played pretty hard last night. Um, like you said, there's no shame in losing to that team. But when the L's pile up, there's there's no such thing as moral victories, right? 
And uh, yeah, but I just I just think the best thing they can do is just say, all right, this is how we want to play. This is who we're going with. And we're going to make sure that if we go down here, we go down the rest of the year hard. So real quick before I wrap up here. Uh, so every day right around this time, my wife, before she goes, because I do the, the program mainly from, from my basement. I've worked this hard my entire career to finally graduate to my basement. <laughs> uh, and so here I am doing this, doing this show every day. And every day right around this time, before Claire works out, she makes a coffee and she brings me one. And today I'm drinking it in my Elliot Friedman's Source coffee mug, oh, I which love I, that I mug. really like. So when it... So, so before before the, anything hot goes in the mug, it's a black mug, and then when you put something hot, a tea or a coffee or whatever in it, it reveals Elliot Friedman's source. I spoke to one <laughs> scout from an NHL team today who said he's going to buy a bunch and give them out as Christmas presents because you can't tell that it says Elliot Friedman's source just to see the looks around the office. When, <laughs> when finally everyone's revealed as Elliot Friedman's that. source, I I thought you'd uh, I thought you'd get a kick out of that one, but uh, yes, these are available still, by the way. And I think for uh, I think tomorrow the thirty two percent off as well. So these are uh, these are pretty oh. sweet coffee mugs, dude. How many how many of these do you uh, have, and how many are you giving out? I just I I just got four sent to me, and I'm probably gonna hoard them all. No, I, I'll uh, I'll I'll give a few of them out. It's you know like uh, yeah. Jeff. I, I gotta say, I'm, on one level, it's still really unbelievable to me that there's this stuff being sent out and even more that people are actually interested in it. So I'm hugely appreciative. Yeah, awesome. The whole thing is, the whole thing is, is very surreal to me. I have to say. If you're watching on sports at hour three sixty, you can see the mug that we're talking about right now. The Elliot Friedman source. Here's my question to you. Will you give out any to any of your actual sources? No, not a chance. Like I, I'm so paranoid about this stuff. I, I remember I was talking to one scout outside a dressing room at uh, uh, um, Scotiabank Arena a few years ago, and an agent walked by and goes, yeah. oh, that's where you get all your information. Like, I'm, I'm really <laughs> paranoid about this stuff. You know how super paranoid I am. Not oh, a chance. I know. Yeah, I know you. You spend and folks, if if you don't know, like trust me, Elliot spends more time protecting people from themselves <laughs> than he does reporting sometimes. So yeah, he's he's pretty sensitive about it. Uh, Fridge, thanks as always. We'll uh, we'll check back tomorrow. All right, Merrick. Have a good night. Happy Thanksgiving to all the U.S. listeners. <laughs>